Hello, welcome to episode 7 of J Chats the podcast. Now this is the second part of the chat I had with some former pupils where they were asking me a bunch of questions um, that they wanted to ask teachers when they were at school. So without further ado, enjoy. Next question. I, I think it's me. I think it's me. On, uh, what is your happiest moment as a teacher? When you get scrove. <laughs> Um, my happiest moment as a teacher, yep, yeah, was just after you guys got me my leaving gift. Oh, yeah, and Katie was super annoyed, and I couldn't figure out why she was so annoyed. Um, and then you gave me the bag, I was outside the front of the school, and I opened it, and I genuinely remember being like. Don't cry, don't cry. You can't cry. This don't cry. Like you can't, you can't, you can't even look like you're upset. And then I remember turning the shirt around and my name being spelt wrong, and <laughs> it just being the best moment of my entire life. Like, um, and and I wear that shirt all the time. And people you always still go have to it. me. I, I wear it all the time. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, to the point, my fantasy football team name for the last three years has been Sangu FC. Oh my god. And. Um, and just the fact, every time I've got it on, people go, that's not your name. And then I have to explain the story behind it. And also, I think it's the most, the most your school gift that could have ever been given to me. Yeah. The best intentions for it just to turn out ever so <laughs> slightly wrong. But like, I think that moment when I turned the top around and realised why everyone was so, like, I, it was confusing for me at first because I was getting this leaving gift. And everyone was angry. And I was like, I don't know what's happening here. We gave you it. We're like, fuck's sake. Yeah, I was so... I was, <laughs> I was like, I feel like that you lot should all be happy right now. You're giving me something <laughs> here. And yeah, I don't understand why everyone's so annoyed. And then be like, oh my God, this is actually amazing. And then everyone's still being annoyed. Then me turning it around and just absolutely like laughing my head off. It's good though, because it stopped you from crying. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Because I reckon if it was spot properly, I would have looked... Yeah. Like a mess, to be honest with you. And then people were like, why is Mr. Sunday crying for? Literally, it was in front of the whole school. No one had a clue what was yeah. going on. We just yeah. had like a massive group hug. They were like, what yeah. the hell? Because you, you lot decided instead of bringing it to my room that I had to be outside for it for some reason. I don't know why that happened. Because I remember I went up to the gate with Ellie to get it from her mum because we got it delivered to Ellie's. Yeah. And we came down and everyone was like, we'll do it here. I was like, oh my God, this is not going to end well. Yeah, I was like, why am I being dragged outside for this? Like, I don't understand... <laughs> Why we can't just do this in my room in my safe space? You just, <laughs> just brought me out in front of in front of seven hundred and fifty children and teachers. They're gonna watch me cry. Thanks for that. <laughs> but you didn't cry, so it's fine. No, yeah, but yeah, that's probably that. Lovely. <laughs> um, this one's interesting. Do you have rivalry with teachers from other schools who do the same subject? No, I couldn't give a crap. No. <laughs> no, I actually just couldn't care less. Like. Um, I, the only type of rivalry I've had is potentially within the school. Yeah. When I've been like, um, if like, let's say me and Peasley have got the same ability classes and we're <laughs> like. Oh yeah, you did that, um, the maths belt thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stupid stuff like that's the, the best rivalry I've had. Yeah. I remember, was it you, David, I sent into his room to just walk into his room? And then just turn around and walk back out with the belt over your yeah, head. I think it might, I don't know, it might have been. See, those days are fun. 
don't exist in teaching anymore. Like I couldn't get away with that now. People would be like, this isn't this isn't useful education time. You're wasting their time now. Why are you doing that for? And I'm like, oh, that's so well, sad. Because it, it was fun and I it was enjoyable. The reason that school was like okay was days like that. Yeah, like where you like, but then the thing was because it was such a thing that people that everyone got into. When it came to us opening that classroom up and having whatever challenge that me and Peter devised at the end of every half term, people were so up for doing it because they wanted to win. Yeah. And yeah. I reckon it made so many people do so much more work, but then also enjoy it and have a laugh. And even if it wasn't, they weren't looking at GCSEs, they were looking at it, well, I need to know this because at the end of this half term, we might be asked questions on this, which is going to give us the belt for this half term. Um, yeah. Which is, sounds ridiculous, but I enjoyed it. You lot enjoyed it, and it kind of passed the time more, didn't it? Yeah. Clearly, on the subject of teachers, what is the what? Yeah. What's the one thing you hate about the modern school system? The shocking government that we have in charge, and the fact that they're continually cutting funds for the schools. Um, I think your guys' school under the new government over the next two years has to find something like the equivalent of two or three teachers' salaries or just cut all the support staff. Wow. And that's in a school that's already underfunded and doesn't have enough teachers to teach effectively. And then just alongside that, the curriculums really do my head in. Like, I don't understand why we can't have two maths GCSEs. One where we teach you actual skills and actual useful information and then another GCSE for people that like maths. Yeah. yeah, like a further maths kind of thing. Yeah, like, because there's no problem. Like, let's be fair, Lizzie, have you ever done trigonometry since you've left school? Absolutely not. No, and you're along with 90% of the country that are never going to do trigonometry again. Yeah. I also don't understand why you have to remember formulas. Those formulas are actually the best. In terms of maths, it makes no sense at all. In a job, you're just going to pull your phone out and go, exactly. formula for this, and yeah. then just type it in. And also, I, st- I don't get why there's even a non-calculator paper. Yeah. Are you telling me that everybody in the world doesn't have a scientific calculator in the pocket? Literally. Do you know what I mean? Um, necessary stress. Well, I think the biggest thing for me is I don't feel like schools in general spend enough time creating better humans. Mm. Like, I feel like schools at the minute, and I don't know how it is, I don't even might be different in America, um, but most schools that I know of, they spend a lot of time making sure these kids hit these levels and everyone progresses, but they don't actually spend much time in just making children that are not drains on society. Yeah. yeah. When I think like in, in Sweden, for example, I think the whole of primary school, they barely teach them any actual subjects. They just teach them to be nice people. Because like I've always said, if you're a decent person and you've got good ethics and good morals and you're a good person... By the time you hit year 9, 10, and 11, you understand what you're doing is for a reason. So there's not a real fight we have to put up with as a teacher. We just say, oh, it's GCSEs, you need to do some work. And if you're a nice person, you just go, well, yeah, I know I do. Cool, let's get on with it. When if you're still trying Mm. to create these nice people when they're 14, 15, 16, then that's an extra fight I don't think you should have. Yeah, very nice. Um, This one is... I think a lot of these questions are just like people wanting to humanise teachers, so they want to know what your most embarrassing okay. drunk story is. My most embarrassing drunk story? Yeah. Most embarrassing. Right. Um, I was at uni. So um, 
I was at uni and the fancy dress for the night was to be dressed. Oh, I dressed up as a tennis player in all white headband, wristbands and everything. Um, and the bar we was in, it was something like a pound for a Jack bomb. And this story is the reason I can't drink Jack Daniels. Um, and people kept coming in and it was just like the done thing that if you saw your mate, you'd buy him one, he'd buy you one. And you'd, and you'd do that with like everyone that you saw. I then woke up in my bed the next day, not having a clue what had happened, but just seeing that I had blood all over my tennis outfit. Oh my God. And no cuts on myself. You've killed Whoa. one. Well, this is the, it, I'd, I'd, I still don't know where that blood came from, <laughs> but I was supposed to be meeting my, my girlfriend at the time at one of the clubs and I obviously didn't make it and I was asleep on a bench and then she rang me up and this random girl answered the phone and obviously she was like, who are you? Why are you answering my boyfriend's phone? Blah, 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 blah. And she was just like, well, your boyfriend's covered in blood and asleep on a bench. So I was making sure he was alive. And then when she came and got me, she had to ring my dad to come and pick me up because I was in Nottingham at the time. And that was the first time my girlfriend had met my dad and was in fancy dress at the time. Wow. Um, yeah, what an introduction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then when my younger brother tried to pick me up to take me to the car, apparently I just pushed him away slightly and just right hooked him in the jaw. Oh. <laughs> and then just got in the car and then apparently I kept saying, oh, fine, let me out, let me out, to which they didn't, obviously. And then, yeah, just woke up the next morning with no memory of what had happened at all. I'd probably say that's the most embarrassing. Oh, my God. I've been. But I, t- I tend not to. And I feel like that isn't even that bad. Like, I've got mates that have... I've got a mate that genuinely rang me up after I'd put him in a taxi to go home. Yeah. And he said... Jay, I'm in a skip. And I went, <laughs> what? What do you mean you're in a skip? I sent you home. I, I basically, I, I, I tracked you on the, um, on like WhatsApp or whatever and made sure you got into your house. He goes, I must've went out afterwards. Wow. And he goes, I've not, I've, I've not got a wallet on me. I've not got anything on me, but I'm in a skip. I said, where are you? And he got out of the skip and then he just started swearing. And I went, where are you? I'll come, I'll come grab you. He goes, Jay, I think I'm in France. What? And obviously, I just I just started like laughing my head off. I was like, "What do you mean you think you're in France?" He goes, "Everything's French around me, and everyone's speaking French." And I went, "Well, then it sounds like you're in France, man." And then and then he went to a shop, and he somehow managed to make his way to France. Oh my god! And then I was like, "How are you getting home?" And he goes, "I don't know." I go, "Have you got your wallet or your passport or anything?" And he goes, "No, I was, I'm just I only have my phone in my pocket, and that's got twenty percent battery life left." To which I just went. Ah, oh, that looks like a tough situation for you. Well, I've got a lecture now, so I'll um, speak to you in a bit and then just put the phone down <laughs> and just oh left him. Yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what he was on, but what? yeah. That, I mean, like, and I don't feel like my story is even almost that bad, just getting drunk and falling asleep on a bench. Oh, my God. That David, have you got any? I feel like Texas might be wild. Any embarrassing story? Um, uh, really. You have to be drunk. Drunk stories. I have never been drunk in my life. What? I'm being serious. I don't drink is. alcohol. Oh my god. Sandy's gone quiet. He's in shock. I'm just listening. I'm just listening. I'm listening. I'm <laughs> listening to the shock on your face, Lizzie. I'm genuinely shocked. 
Well, how? <laughs> I, I just don't drink alcohol. David, I feel you. I mean, I go out and nights out all the time and don't drink. Yeah. The amount of times I go out and just don't drink at all. because I can't The role reversal is insane. I thought I was going to be the one that didn't drink when I was at school. And I told you you would. Well, yeah. Like, but... No, I won't, sir. I know I won't, sir. No, it's because I have fear of sick, in it? So I was always like, I don't want to throw up, but now I just know when to stop. It sounds like you know when to stop, yeah. Usually at the point when I'm at the bottom yeah. of the staircase. Uh-huh. <laughs> Love that for me. Go on, David, ask a question. Ask a question. <laughs> it just gets to a point where Lizzie's like, right, we need to move this on now. Like, <laughs> Listen, I'm like, we're not going to stay on this topic. Let's just move on. Okay. So... If you could go back in, in time and change anything about your teaching career, what would it be? I think, oh, that's a good question. I think I probably wouldn't have gone to the Bahamas. I would have went to Thailand because I had an offer for a job in Thailand and I accepted the one in the Bahamas. And I just feel like that would have yeah. been better. I didn't have a bad time in the Bahamas, but I feel like I think that's the one thing I would change. Yeah. It was a learning experience. Yeah. Okay. Um, just kind of gets through some actual questions, so you've got some content. So, like a lot of this is just chatting shit. Um, Lizzie, this is all content. <laughs> no, nothing's getting edited out of this. No. Yes, it is. <laughs> do, do, you know said, do you know how I said I've got separate audio tracks? I'm just gonna do. It's just gonna sound like you're just rambling for an hour. No, don't, because I'll actually sue. I have got lawyers. Have you? Oh. That's not even a joke. I have a lawyer. Yeah. What do they? I what will. do they specialize in? <laughs> He's a family solicitor. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not even not even worried about that. Then that's fine. That doesn't bother me. At all. No, but he does all of my contracts. Like he did all of my YouTube contracts and stuff. And when I signed on my management, he looked through all of those. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me have a look. Oh my god, I wondered why I couldn't see my glasses on. On, hang on. Okay. Oh, here's one. Do you ever yeah. get like emotionally invested in pupils' dramas? Like where you find it so interesting to the point of like actively trying to keep up to date on it what do you mean like dramas amongst themselves yeah like friendship dramas and stuff like that like do you get overly invested no no just no such a boring answer like a lot of them i'm not too bothered about i have got emotionally invested when they're telling me stuff like about their family and things like that yeah is, has there been any times do you know like why i stopped getting invested in it is because most of the time, the two kids fall out. A month later, they're going to be best friends again. So I'm just like, I'm not bothered. Yeah. Like, the amount of times you fell out with your friends, and then two weeks later, you was friends again. It was yeah. just kind of like, yeah, you, you're like 13 hard. years old. This will happen. This will happen. So just yeah. get on with it. And it, it did happen a lot, though, Lizzie. David, did it happen to you a lot? Did you fall out with all your friends on a yeah. monthly basis? David, no, David didn't have mates. <laughs> Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Actually, Charming. I had a fair amount of Lizzie friends. Just fully, fully deflecting there, that is. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, David. That's fine. Nothing's taken to heart. No, exactly. It's all friendly banter here on the podcast. <laughs> but what was I going to say? Oh, we were talking about how you gone. fell out with your friends a lot. Yeah, that happened. Oh, that's what I was saying. Um, isn't it weird that like, <laughs> that, like, at one point in time, we were actually 13? Uh, what I mean? Do you ever think about that? What? Not really, because we were all 13 at think, one point. No, but I think about the fact that I was 13, and it actually makes me feel a bit sick. Why? Because, like, 
it's just grim, isn't it? Like I actually acted like that. Oh right, okay, like how you was at that age, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, but then that's part of growing up, isn't it? Everyone does things that when they were younger, they just kind of go, "I can't believe I did that." I look at pictures of me when I was at school, and I used to have all lines and stuff shaved into my beard because oh my I thought it looked cool. And I look back at the pictures now and just go, "What was I doing? Why did somebody not slap me and say you look like an absolute fool?" That's what I mean, like half of the time you know the way that I acted at school I'm like why did you not just actually smack me around the face it it should have been like I genuinely should have got the cake I mean if you went to the Bahamas it would have been cool yeah (laughs) I mean Lizzie you would have been burnt to a crisp in the Bahamas I know literally I remember I gave a fucking you know the white ball clickers I gave it a funeral because the battery died like who why oh oh my gosh I remember okay so um You've obviously witnessed a lot of uh, relationships between students. So yeah. what is the one, let's talk about friendship. What's the, what do you think is the value of friendship? At the age of, at the age of school. Whatever age, just what Whatever have you age. learned? I, I feel like you should be able to count your good mates on your fingers. I don't think it should go over how many fingers you've got because I don't feel like they'll be proper mates if that makes sense yeah i also find it like really strange like a lot of people don't know anything about my life if they just follow me on instagram or twitter or whatever or facebook like i find i find that my mates will know everything about me because i talk to them regularly like actual humans mm-hmm. and i feel like your mates are there regardless of how stupid you are regardless of how ridiculous you are or regardless of kind of what trouble you get into they'd always be there and they're the types of people that you should in any situation be able to turn to and kind of just go, Oh yeah, I need you to have my back. And they'll just be like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah, that's cool. What are we doing? And I'm not saying like, let's go rob a bank or let's go kill somebody. It might just be like, I just need to talk to someone. Like you might just bell your mate and just be like, I'm feeling that crap. I just want to have a chat kind of thing. And that person that's not going to put the phone down, that kind of person that's going to actually sit and listen to you as well. Not just, um, kind of half listen but not really pay attention yeah and i found over the years that i've had acquaintances is what i'll call them that end up just being like super useless and then i just don't have time for them and i just i just leave them and i might not speak to them for six seven months and then below oh, how you doing jude you want to go to the pub and i'm like yeah yeah cool let me know when you want to go then obviously they never get back to me which is what i expected to happen mm. and i feel like they're like friendships are kind of I'd say they're potentially more powerful than family because there's so many like shared experiences and they're the kind of people that you're always going to lean on. And I think it's amazing when you have a sibling or a cousin that is also a good friend of yours, if that makes sense. Like I'm quite lucky. I get on with both my brothers and my cousins as well, but I know loads of people don't. I just feel like without having people and friends around, it um, makes your life really hard. If that makes sense. Like, if either of you guys have ever been in a situation where you feel like there's none of your mates that you've got that you feel comfortable talking to, it can kind of feel like quite a dark and lonely place. Yeah. And if there's no one there that you can talk to or turn to, it does it very quickly kind of, you start going down a spiral that you shouldn't go down, which is, which is like kind of the reason I was, how I was as a teacher, because sometimes you don't want to talk to your mates about this stuff. You want to talk to someone that's disconnected from your life. 
And I think sometimes it's nice that to be a teacher, just another person, just another adult. It's why there's so, so many people that go to talking therapies like we was mentioning earlier. And it's not because of anything else, but just because they want to talk to someone about what's going on. And they feel like there's not really anyone that they'd want to share some of those things with. It's why people keep journals and stuff like that. And and I think it's, I think it's a, a massively important thing, but I think some people get swept up into what the idea of a friend is. And it's not just someone that will retweet you. It's not just someone that will go on a night out with you. I think it's, it should be a lot deeper than that, if you know what I mean. Mm. Next question is, why do we have to call you sir? I don't know. It's the answer to that. I've got absolutely no idea. It felt really weird to me when I started teaching. People calling me sir and Mr. Sandu because I don't feel like an adult. I still don't feel like an adult. And I think when someone says sir to you, I think it's a, it's a very formal thing, isn't it? I think the main reason for it happening is is to kind of distinguish you from the pupil and make a definite link between definite difference between friends and teachers, if you know what I mean. And also yeah. to kind of so you're a bit more of an authority figure when police and stuff are supposed to stop you. You're supposed to respond to them with sir and this and that because it's supposed to show more respect than it is to not, if you know what I mean. I won't get into police and respect and stopping because I think that's a whole nother kettle of fish isn't it really that I could rant and rave about for a very long time yeah definitely especially definitely. especially at the minute yeah cool so um off the back of that um would you guys always call me sir or do you think you'd be at a point where you're happy calling me Jay I would always um. call you sir but uh, yeah, I think I'm always going to call you sir, obviously, because that relationship's just been there, so mm. it's yeah. too late to change it now. Fair enough. What else we got? Yeah, I'm up. So how are you spending this quarantine time? Like, what have you been doing? Have you been exercising? You said you were baking before, but like, what else are you doing? Yeah, so um, I've been cooking a lot. I've been creating a lot as well, because for some reason, I decided it'd be a good idea to have a million things to do during the lockdown. Along with the book that I've been working on for a very long time. What is he? It's on it's on like the third draft now, so I'm getting there. I didn't realise how long it takes to write a book when you're a dyslexic math teacher. <laughs> but yeah, like I've started doing that. Um I've been I've been like I said to you guys earlier, I've started doing poetry, I've started doing stand up, started doing spoken word, I've started I've started writing a script for a comic book, I've started a podcast, I've also decided I needed a website to just house everything that I do in. Okay. I've just, and I've just been like really busy. I don't even get to watch Netflix or go on the PlayStation till about eight, nine o'clock most nights. Cause I'm just busy doing stuff. But yeah, I've been, I've been out on my bike a couple of times. I tried to go for some runs, but I got a bit bored when I did that. And I think it's just, just trying to find any way I can to keep sane because it's every day is the same at the minute. It's a bit weird. How are you guys coping during this? Um, Ooh, once I wake up, just get a bit of a workout in, uh, then watch TV, then <laughs> just eat. That's it. Nice and simple. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> my brother's my brother says he's been skipping a lot. Oh, that'd kill me. I struggle to skip. I used to when I used to do Muay Thai at uni, we used to do loads of skipping, but the skipping rope we had had wooden blocks on it. Yeah. So when you missed the wooden blocks and you had to do it bare Oof. feet, the wooden blocks would just smash you in the feet or the shins. 
And the guy just be like, well, get better then. I'm like, well, I've been doing it for 20 <laughs> minutes straight. And it's like, I don't care. Go again. Ballsy if he only. And yeah. That's intense. It is. It was not, it was not fun. But also it was fun. But yeah. I'm a step away from teaching for a minute in school. Um, and just ask you, across the world, there's a lot going off at the minute. And not just COVID. Um, but actually, everything that's going off with Black Lives Matter and uh, the looting, the rioting, the protesting. Um, and in certain cases things actually being done for the better. Um, I was just wondering what you guys think the changes are going to be to the world that we live in, um, on both over here and potentially over where you are in America. Because the, the bit that's kind of got me is, even when I'm listening to old Tupac songs from 1996, and he's talking about police brutality, injustices in the American legal system, um, and things not being right, even still 25 years later, nothing seems to have changed. Um, well, personally, I think, uh, well, firstly, I'd like to start off and say that, like, it's really good that everyone's uh, become, like, unified over this issue. It's not, like, a one social group's issue. Like, everyone's become aware of it, which yeah, is really positive. So it's more likely to be changed because of that. Um, although I don't agree with the rioting at all. Like, yeah. I think it's justified to destroy things. And I think it's kind of, like, uh, just using uh, the death of one man as an excuse to get your own personal gain. I don't just, I don't think the rights are justified, but protesting and stuff is very positive. Like yeah. the amount of people have actually gone out and protested is like, is really good. Like people are signing petitions, although I don't think petitions do that much. I think it is somewhat raising awareness, which is, which is really good. Like yeah. more people are becoming aware of certain like, uh, things they've been taught in the past, say, by their parents, which is wrong. Yeah. And now they're becoming aware of it and we're going to see more change, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... Yeah. God, that's what you're saying. Um, I was just saying, like, yeah, I agree with David. Like, obviously, everything with social media getting involved with the whole Black Lives Matter thing, it is something I've been educated to another level because of it. But also about petitions... I think petitions do work because without the petitions that we had like the murderer of George Floyd's degree may not have been raised to second degree. Um, and it's because over, I think it was something like 11 million people signed it. Mm. And like without social media and things like that, it wouldn't have happened. So I think, yeah, there's definitely change in that aspect in that everyone's a lot more on board with things. And I think the only issue comes into power is when people are using it as a trend, because I've noticed that over the past like week or so, people have stopped posting about it as some, as much. Mm. And it is one of them things where it's like, we've just got to kind of keep it going. And I hope that people do really keep it going because we are seeing change. They are essentially dismantling the Minneapolis police force because of it. So yeah, I think definitely good change is happening. And I hope it carries on. Yeah, I was going to say, there's another thing that I've kind of thought as well, that there's um, bits that I've, I wasn't even aware of. Um, mm. Like how massively racist Winston Churchill was. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I, I just wasn't aware of that and I thought I was quite clued up on history, but like one of my cousins sent me some stuff about it and stuff that he said and it pissed me off. Like I was I was yeah. reading it going like what? This is ridiculous. Like this is just madness. And it was even like when they was it in Bristol where they pulled down the, the statue of the slave owner. Yeah. Know, yeah. And like chucked it in the river. Um, and there was, there was still a handful of idiots that jumped into the river to try and fish out an <laughs> iron statue. Yeah. Um, but, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, it's, it's, it's all we can kind of hope for, isn't it? That um, 
it's going to change things for the better. Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking, um, I was saying to you a lot earlier, um, this is the first time in my life I've had to become a keyboard warrior um, mm-hmm. yeah. and actually respond to people because there's so many people that um, either are uneducated or ignorant or a bit of both that I'm just kind of like, I normally I sit and read stuff and I just go, all right, cool, whatever. And this has been the first time that I've ever actually responded to people. And it's hard though, because these people, one of them, basically someone was saying about, well, if black lives matter, why are people punching horses? Horses' lives matter. And I was like, well, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same thing. Yeah. And having to respond to that person. But, and the thing I found strange, and I was chatting to my, my mate Black about it as well, and I was saying, like, we're not allowed to get angry in these situations. As, like, people of colour, the second you start getting angry, you go from someone that's trying to explain something to the angry minority. And I think it was a Carla that was talking about it, and he was, like, saying, so we're in a lose-lose situation. He goes, if I'm out in public and someone's racist to me, I've got two choices. Be cool with it, or if I get angry by it, then the stereotype of being the angry black man comes to the front, and then I look like I'm in the wrong. And it and it and it has felt like that previously, but now it's kind of really good because I said what I said on Instagram and on Facebook, I think it was, I responded to someone else. And the amount of white people that just went, that's right you don't know what you're talking about. You need to learn your history, not to me, but to the person that was chatting the rubbish. Um, And it just felt like the first time. I mean, in all fairness, if it was somewhere where those people were, the likelihood is they would have backed me anyway, because there are people that I've known for a long time and I know they've thought that way for a long time. But the fact it was just on like a public forum where there were so many people just going, Jay's right. Yeah, I agree with him. Well put. And having to write it in such a, a Carla slash George the Poet kind of way where you've been calm, collected, trying to educate and still from a good place. It's difficult. It's weird as well. Um, yeah. The only, I was going to say another good thing that I found, I've had the most interactions with people on social media during this, where people have been asking me and I, you guys might have seen when I've posted stuff that is useful links, books to read, things to watch. Um, information and facts where people have actually responded to me but like, I didn't even know that do you know anything else can you point me in this direction can you point me in that direction okay um, so it, I'm going to ask about your secondary school life now Mr Sanu uh, what was your least favourite year my least favourite year yeah um, oh, let me get this right I believe it was year seven or eight the reason for it being well, my secondary school was in a mining town why my mum and dad decided to send me there, I don't know. Um, and I was what was generally referred to as one of the Browns because there was only seven of us in the year. And during year seven or eight, I can't remember which one it was, um, it was when the, the Twin Towers happened. So obviously being one of the few brown children in the school, I got no end of grief for just being Asian in, a, in an already white-dominated racist school as it was. Like, I'm sure I remember saying to you guys, there was more people of colour in our tutor group than there was in my year group. And I think that's that was probably my worst year. Like, and I think that just then kind of expanded on me feeling not not feeling like I fit in, kind of not feeling like I belonged where I was. I did have mates um, and I did get on with people. But then along with everything else like that, when you don't feel like you're accepted by the wider school population, you just kind of... It's a weird thing because people apparently don't like you, but for a reason that doesn't make any sense to someone that's intelligent. Like, mm. I, 
I used to get asked why I bombed the towers. To which, when I'd be like, wow. that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Like, how could I be a suicide bomber if I'm still here talking to you? <laughs> like, unless I'm a crap one that hasn't done anything well, and then they'd just be like, you're a terrorist anyway. And I'd be like, and I'd just be standing there, and you're not you're not making any sense, you idiot. Like, it doesn't make what you're saying to me is so illogical. Which is, I think, weirdly, where I started using comedy as a bit of a shield because whenever anyone said anything to me. In my head, I went, if I can take the take the mick out of them enough in one line that their friends start laughing and taking the mick out of them, they're going to leave me alone. Because it was yeah. always older kids. Like I was, I'm, I'm short anyway, so you can imagine how short I was in year seven and eight. Like I stopped growing in year 10, so that kind of shows you how short I am. And then when someone would say something like that to me, like I remember a, a girl saying to me, I went to talk to a teacher and they told me to get my packy grease out of the window or something like that, to which I just like retorted back. Well, at least I've had my bath this year, to which then when her mates started taking the mick out of her, everything was off me and I kind of could then fall back into the background. Yeah. But yeah, so I'd, I'd probably say that with that reason. But then even like, even in that year, I've, I had really good mates. I have good memories of it. And I, I don't want to say I'm glad I had to go through it, but I'm kind of not. Yeah, and I don't think I'd change it either. If someone said, "Could you stop? If you could stop that happening, would you?" I think I'd say no. But then again, if I wasn't as strong as a character as I was, maybe it would have. Maybe it wouldn't have been good for me. Like, believe it or not, when I was at school, I used to hate standing up in front of people, doing presentations, and talking to people. And then it became my job. So, huh. times times change. Least favorite. Ooh. Um, it's gonna take on thinking. I did like school. Uh, no, because I think everything every year kind of brought like a different, like every year was different. So I didn't really hate anything about school. Like I, I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the teachers. Like I, I enjoyed the whole thing. So what about you, Lizzie? Have you got one in mind that sticks out? Probably year eleven, just because it was the year that I felt the least like myself. And I was just stressed most of the time, like having a breakdown every day. So I didn't really enjoy it as much as the other years. Okay. Was that just all to do with GCSEs or was there anything else that was contributing to that? Or was it just the fact I don't that know. so much pressure from GCSEs and teachers? I think it was a mixture. Because like, basically it was like the year that like, kind of like started to get anxiety kind of mm-hmm. come in. Um, so I was like getting used to that, like figuring out what was actually going on with that, as well as school and stuff, which obviously kind of add to the whole anxiety stuff. So I'd probably say, yeah, it was a mixture of both. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember during your final year, you putting yourself under a lot of stress and pressure. Um, yeah. To the point that I had to ring your mum and tell us to hide your revision. Because um, <laughs> you was... Yeah. You sat getting really upset after school and literally still trying to do maths. I remember yeah. you sat there, like, either I can't, I, you might have even been in tears or almost in tears. I'm just be like, Sir, can I just factorize this quadratic, please? And I was like, No, no, Lizzie, you can't. He's like, But I need to, I need to put it into brackets. And yeah, it was just, it was, I think, yeah, I think you put yourself under a bit too much pressure as well. I know yeah. for a fact you're not going to be the only person in year 11 that did that. Yeah. 
Now, I feel, do you know what though? I've seen it with um with a lot of people though um that they hit that year eleven and they put themselves under so much pressure that it's just not at all good for you. Um, and then sometimes teachers are putting you under that pressure as well, which again I don't think is good for you. But you've both turned out good. So what else we got? Okay, back back to your throwback. So uh, what was your experience with like your A levels and sixth form? I did. Um, so yeah, like I did next to nothing in my first couple of months of sixth form, and then I got my first um, maths grade back, um, and I got a U on the paper. And I remember looking at it going, what? That's not right. What are you talking about? How have I got? No. And I just, because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do much math revision at GCSE and got an A and it annoyed me because I shouldn't have had an A star, but whatever. Like, no, because I, I decided to spend more time concentrating on my English because I can't do that instead of doing more math revision. So in my head, it kind of made sense. And then after that, when I realized that if I don't work, I am getting a U, I then started working in all my subjects. And it was probably the hardest I've ever worked. My A-levels, like A2 especially, was probably the most work I've ever done for anything. And I remember just finishing A2. And I, I had like a makeshift desk on my bed because I didn't like being downstairs on the on the dining table because there was always people about. So I remember just getting some wood and making a desk on top of my bed. And that was where I did like most of my work. And I remember finishing A-level and sitting at home and I was... I was lost. I didn't know what I used to do before I did work. And like mum and dad would just be like, I'll just chill, Jay. I'd be like, what do you mean? I don't know what I used to do to relax. And they, and it was weird. But there's, there is some funny stories. What else? My mate shattered a window by running through it once. It wasn't his intention, but he'd done something somewhere and a teacher was coming after him and he was trying to just lose the teacher. And I, we were just sat in the staff room. Not, not the staff room, sat in the common room. And he ran into the common room and went, ah, so-and-so, sir, sir, so-and-so is chasing me. Uh, I need to just dip. And he went to go jump through a window that he thought was open and it wasn't. And he just shattered the whole thing, which then obviously leads to them closing the common room and not letting anybody in. Ah, this is... Um, So we had a A A-level chemistry teacher that was actually a biology teacher for some reason. And um, there was one experiment we did where... We had to heat ethanol, so okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so David's like you're you're like doing biology, science stuff. How would you go about heating ethanol? How would I go about it? Oof. Yeah, and maybe you're like a water way. bath or something. Okay, so that's what we said to her. We was like, oh, so we'll set up a water bath because that's the safe way to do it. She said, no, nah, it's fine. Just do it over a Bunsen burner. Oh my god. We was like. I'm unsure about this. So obviously, as you're heating it over the Bunsen burner, the ethanol turns into vapor and starts coming out of the yeah. end. And then if you're holding it about the Bunsen and the heat hits the vapor, the tube lights. So the top of the test tube's on fire. And my mate swung his around, almost hit me in the face. Ah, my test tube's on fire. Panicked and just smashed it onto the desk. Which then the ethanol went everywhere and just set the whole desk on fire. Um, wow. And obviously, because it was ethanol, it was smokeless. So it didn't set off any smoke alarms. Happened to another one of my mates. He panicked, chucked it in the sink and turned the sink on, which did nothing apart from raise the fire up. And then all over the room, people were just smashing these test tubes full of ethanol that were on fire. And the teacher was just panicking. Ah, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, that's probably my favourite memory from sixth form, just because it was hilarious. 
well, a teacher probably shouldn't be a teacher. This we was all well confused. Like, the whole the whole class was saying, "Miss, are you sure you want to do this over a Bunsen burner?" I don't think we're supposed to do that. Why do teachers change so much when Ofsted comes in? Well, because well, that's kind of a stupid question. Yeah, they, they have to be, don't like, they? You like, want to get a good rating. <laughs> yeah, like you. I hope yeah, I didn't used to do you that. You want to get a good rating, though. Well, you mean like <laughs> teachers that used to do the lesson five times before the Ofsted person come in, like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like David said, like it's literally because they're scared of getting a bad offset rating and they want the school to look good. It's nothing more than that. But then also, uh, I had a teacher at A level that gave us a script when offset were coming in. Wow. And told us to learn it. And the amount of times that we almost ruined that lesson for him. And we said to him, surely it would have been easier for you just to teach a good lesson. Like, we like you, sir. We're not going to screw you over. But yeah, that's why, and that's why, like, I always find it funny from your guys' point of view. So if if I've got a chatty class and I've got an observation, usually my classes are perfect, perfectly behaved during that half an hour that person's in the room. The second that person leaves, the class go, oh, finally, I don't have to do any work now. And I'm like, no, no, you do. No, but they're gone, sir, so I don't have to do anything. Kids do it the same as adults. Like, I think there's that weird kind of mutual understanding that if you like that teacher, when a head teacher at SLT come in, I need to behave now because if not, Sir's going to get told off, which I'm sure you guys will have done. Maybe David would have just been as you were before. <laughs> so what's one important thing that you've kept with yourself or you've picked up uh, in your adult life? Just to be yourself. I think for me, I think that's the key thing to just be a successful human. And finding people that actually like you as well. So I think if you're portraying like a fake version of yourself, it'll come back and bite you at some point. I don't know when, but it will. Okay, so uh, what do you think is going to be the fallout from all this COVID stuff? I'm kind of hoping that people take an extra look at mental health because I think it's affecting a lot of people more so now than it has done ever. I'm yeah. also hoping that the government get hold accountable for the crap job that they've done. I'm hoping that people see how bad they've been at dealing with this. I'm kind of hoping that they, they people that have been exercising more carry it on. Yeah. I'm also kind of hoping that the good things that have happened to nature carry on. I've said to my mate, um, I'd be quite up for having a lockdown two weeks a year anyway, just to shut everything down, let people reset, let people re-understand why it happened, the good things that came of it. And yeah, things like that, really. That's what I think will be the big come out. What I actually think will happen is that six months after it, everything's going to be back to normal and no one's going to make any differences in their lives. Yeah, definitely. Because that just tends to be how humans work, really. The the threat will be gone and then um, they'll just go back to be normal until another one comes again. So, I mean, let's be fair. You got asked to stay in your house for a, for a bit to save some lives and people couldn't do that. So stay at home. It's not that hard, but people struggle with that. So, well, that, do you know what? that's another thing. I hope that the government actually invests some money into the NHS as well and see how important they are. And they, well, they're already talking about selling bits off, aren't they? Um, and it's going to be treated like a business. And yeah, I just think if you want to, if you want to help the NHS, just vote for someone that's going to help them instead of screw them over. But no. What's your biggest pet peeve in a person? Um, ask holes. What? Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So yeah. like the type of people that ask you a question just so that they can tell you about themselves. So you'll get someone that might be like, oh, where have you been on holiday? And regardless of what you was going to say, they've paid no attention to it. The only reason they've asked you that, yeah, is so that they can say, oh, really? I went here, here, and here. It was amazing. Do you want to see some pictures? Look at this. And I'm suddenly going like, bro, you don't even let me talk. Like, what are you talking about? And like, yeah, I, I know some people like that. And I think that annoys me because it's, it's not only just the fact that they're doing it as just a flex, really. It's just also the fact that it's just, they're supposed to be your mate and they actually couldn't care less about you or your life. Yeah. And I think that'd be my pet peeve. Thinking about like the best teachers that you had at school. Um, and not necessarily being like who they were, but what made those teachers be the ones that you'd either remember in the future in however many years, or whether it be the ones that helped you through the most and how they did that and, and what was beneficial for you guys. Yeah. David, you want to go? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, definitely the teachers who uh, put in an extra effort and tried to actually form a relationship with you. Those are the ones uh, that you remember the most that seems to have the most effect on you because if anyone put, like pours themselves out to you or puts um, extra time with you, like you did, um, like holding extra math sessions or whenever you needed help, you could just go and ask. Like the teachers that went above and beyond are always the ones that you seem to remember. Like I don't remember a lot of my head of years and stuff like that, but like you remember the teachers who actually helped. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like it's this the teachers that treat you more like a human than just like a grades machine. Because mm -hmm. I think some teachers really just were only kind of, I think if they don't display an actual interest in you as a person, as well mm. as just you and your grades, yeah, I think that's when it definitely becomes a lot more memorable because I had a lot of teachers that literally the only form of conversation we'd ever have is what grade are you on? Okay, we'll do this to get to that grade. That's it. Right, like yeah. that's all you'd hear from them. It's like very like, automated and robotic. Kind yeah, of yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, definitely the ones that, actually made the efforts to get to know you as a person are the ones that I have remembered and the ones that stuck out most. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And probably quite linked to that as well. What were the sort of things that got you through school? Because obviously both of you would have had tougher times throughout the period. Yeah. Um, like throughout like, different years and different aspects of it. What was the sort of things that got you lot through those slightly tougher times? Mm -hmm. I definitely say my faith did because mm -hmm. it meant that I didn't do certain things that other people did mm -hmm. which would have got them in trouble but it just kept me on the straight and narrow I think um yeah I'd probably say it was kind of a mixture mm -hmm. I think definitely in like the later years obviously when I did start YouTube I think that is something that got me through it because it definitely gave me a big confidence boost yeah because I was getting a lot of a lot more validation from people that I didn't know mm. and it was nice because something that I always kind of felt I lacked at school and stuff was the feeling of validation people mm. just being like we like you like mm. keep doing what you're doing like it's good so I think YouTube definitely helped in that way but then again just teachers that you could go to just mm. to like say what's going on with your life or yeah. just when you're down just go and have a cry too like I did every week in your room like <laughs> just someone like that it's definitely what helped me through yeah well yeah I, I always used to call you my doctor 2e didn't I <laughs> yeah he was in there as much as my tutor group was and I was I always find it strange when I see teachers that don't act like that and don't treat kids like that because in my head I'm kind of going 
there's plenty of jobs you can do for this kind of money. So I don't know why yeah. you'd, why you'd be there if the kids aren't at the, the forefront of what you're doing. Um, yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Um, another question I've got for you guys is, um, what's one bit of advice if you could go back in time to give to your year seven self? What would you give? Um, I'd definitely say uh, just keep going. Uh, everything that's going to happen to you mm-hmm. is going to happen for a reason. It's going to make you who you are. So just keep moving. Yeah, kind of stole my one there. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I'd just say keep going. Like, again, everything happens for a reason. And I'm such a strong believer in that now. Because I think when you're that age, it's hard to see that there is a reason that things happen and that it is all a growing experience, even if it doesn't feel like it. So, yeah, I'd just say even though stuff's going to go bad and you're not going to feel great, it, you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's nice and simple, yeah, nice and straightforward. Got another question that I think I know the answer to, but um, I am just intrigued. If you had the chance, would you change the school that you went to? No. No. Just no. straight away, no, not at all. Straight not away, not all. in the slightest. No, interesting. Would there, would there be any bits that you would change? Or do you think that the whole experience of how the school in which you guys went to kind of added to the whole experience of it yeah i think just the whole environment of our school was so unique and so special that like if we didn't go to that school like we wouldn't be who we are and Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have the experience we have and i think that yeah i wouldn't have gone to another school never yeah but definitely because like there was such a wide range of kids like there were some really good kids yeah. there were chavs like it was just a mix <laughs> it was good like in in teaching how to deal with certain types of people like mm. I, I hadn't really seen well I, yeah. I've seen some chavs in development in primary school but like to see like actual chavs and how to how to deal with them like yeah it was yeah. entertaining if anything else yeah yeah it's interesting though yeah so I can say from like a teacher point of view, every teacher that I speak to that left the school, they all say, I don't know why or what it was about that place, but I would go back. And I don't know why, because everywhere across the city that we live in, people slate the school. Like, oh, I bet you yeah. hated it there. And I'm like, no, actually, it's probably my favourite place to teach. And I enjoyed it weirdly. Yeah, but aren't the kids terrible? Yeah, some of them are. Did you ever get threatened? Yeah, yeah, I did. Did you ever see fights? Yeah, all the time. So what, why do you want to go back there? And I'm just like, I, I don't know. I've got no answer to that question. But, but yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's had like a weird magic. It is. It's a strange, yeah. a strange, I don't even know what the word, like accumulation of a bunch of... Aura. Yeah, just factors that kind of feed into yeah. each other to give you what it is. Um, yeah. This is the, the last one that I've got written down. Obviously, David, you was in my tutor group. Lizzie, you got adopted into my tutor group. And I taught you <laughs> yeah. both maths and did um, all sorts of stuff from sports to the gym to that random drama club we started for half a year. Um, <laughs> and just all sorts of random stuff that um, you guys and a lot of other people at the school would have got involved in. I was wondering how different you think you guys would have been, how school would have been, and both kind of potentially better and worse if I'd not got the job at that's cool. Mm. Yeah. It definitely would have been a different story because like it was like such a important factor in my development as a person. 
I don't think teachers understand like the amount of influence and the imprint they have on kids because like I think about like teachers like you um Mr. P um who else uh like people like Mr. White like people who actually have such an imprint on you and they like teach you things and they form you as a person like I don't know you just you just can't do it like there's no like I said before like there's no David there's no Lizzie without a Mr. Sandu so yeah yeah I agree just like I think it's telling of how important you were to my school life in the fact that my mum gave you a card when I left like I remember my mum gave you a goodbye yeah. card and my mum had met you maybe like once yeah I, um, think, I think maybe parents even in year eight I think that was yeah. probably it yeah probably so I think that was the but, only year that yeah, I actually I think, taught you yeah you only taught me in year eight yeah. and then I kind of forced myself to be taught <laughs> in year nine ten eleven but yeah I'd say definitely I wouldn't be who I am today I wouldn't have done half of the stuff I've done with YouTube and things without you kind of being the kind of back voice in my brain being like just do it like whatever and as I say like there was that one piece of advice you gave me that I still tell myself to this day even when I'm like literally bottom like lowest of the low I'll literally be like right if this is not going to be important in five years I'm not going to think about it because it's not relevant and that is still something that I just think about every day and I think if you weren't at our school I wouldn't have had that no um I do, I do find that interesting because I think a lot of teachers, when you're in the moment of teaching and you're in school, you're at school, you run the day, the day's crazy hectic, you finish your day, you go home, you do any planning or marking you need to do, you're back the next day and it kind of just rolls through. And I think you don't yeah. really think about those kind of impacts that you have on some kids, whether they're, whether it's positively or negatively. So yeah, it is, it is very interesting to, to hear that. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, at some point, either through YouTube and like through influencing, if that's the right word, with you, Lizzie, or maybe with you, David, through sports or just through people that you know, do you feel like you may at any point have that kind of effect on somebody else and kind of like pay it forward? Um, oof. I think I, I think I I do like growing up in like a black like african household like for me yeah. playing sport it's like unheard of for someone to like go and like get a scholarship and go and yeah. like pursue like professional sport and like mm. uh parents of children in like my church it's like an african church they're telling me like oh wow you're actually paving the way like this is like you don't have to go out and be a doctor or an engineer like this is an actual career path and parents are actually seeing that so now they're like more like lax okay. on their kids and then they understand it a bit more like sport like you can actually pursue things like this like you don't have to go to university you don't have to like follow such a mainstream yeah well apart from that i've got no other questions i wasn't even supposed to be asking questions but i can't help myself um thank yeah. you very much for your time and the, the long length of time that it has taken to finish this <laughs> but yeah thank you very much it's good to see you and it's good to see one of you look slightly different to when i saw you last time um, oh, okay, that's so nice. Thank you so much. I never said who. Oh, you did, though. Neither of you. Neither of you. Oh, no, because it's not going to be because I saw like a toddler. Also, you admit it. Yeah, I do admit it. <laughs> but you wait until I've got blonde hair again, fake tan, makeup on, and you won't know who I am. Thank you.
very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the second part of that as well. Don't forget to share and subscribe. I think on some of the podcast clients, you can leave a rating. So obviously five stars. Thank you very much for listening. Peace.